Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Let me just stay on the topic of uh, weather because the, the heat wave, while it was nice while it lasted, it, it is gone. And for some, some are relieved to, to see the back of it. And the Met Air are now telling us to dig out the umbrellas as we prepare for thundery and heavy rain. Met Air, and they've actually issued an advisory for heavy, heavy thundery showers for all areas of the country today. But Leinster and East Munster are the areas most at risk. Downpours will result in hazardous driving conditions. So please be careful. And as I mentioned in the forecast, there could lead to some spot flooding. Heavy showers with the risk of thunderstorms will continue throughout tomorrow, Tuesday and again on uh, Wednesday. Uh, Met Aaron says the week ahead is going to be unsettled. So keep the, you won't, don't go anywhere without the umbrella being close by. John Paul's taking your calls this morning at 1850 You can text her WhatsApp to 0862 103. And we are going to start by talking about sport this morning. Kerry are the 2021 Munster Senior Football Champions after beating Cork yesterday in uh, Killarney on a scoreline of 4-22 to one goal and nine points at Fitzgerald's uh, Stadium. What went wrong for the Cork side? To an- analyse it, Finbar McCarthy, our GAA, uh, C103 GAA reporter. Good morning to you, Finbar. Good morning, Tricia. And the weather forecast is going to curtail my golf for this week. Uh, well, it is indeed. It is indeed. Lo- <laughs> lots of people overnight asking what now for the Cork footballers after what can only be described as a significant defeat. Yeah, very, very significant defeat. And to be fair, I suppose many people feared that it might happen going down there given the way Kerry were playing throughout the National League and the way they demolished everyone. And unfortunately, their fears were realised. Where they go from here, I don't know, because certainly we did have a few injuries coming into the game, long-term injuries that weren't available, but we looked clearly, clearly over our depth for a long period. Of but amazingly, it started quite well, but once once Kerry got on top around, <coughs> excuse me, around the middle of the field, we just fell apart completely. Very disappointing. Did the heat play a part? I, I wouldn't think so. It's just the same for both teams. Kerry did look a bit. The thing about this, Trisha, is... Um, is this when you're winning, you always look fresher, and when you're chasing the game, you always look tired. Yeah. And there was times in that match yesterday when cop guys were chasing up the field or chasing back, and they were just they looked leggy. But you know, I don't think I don't think it was a factor. Just 
maybe tip maybe carrier a bit fitter. They're also playing at a higher level in the league, playing in Division One as against Division Two for us, and that that, that probably helped. But certainly, Kerry looked very, very good and made us look very ordinary. The changing of the goalie, and I was I was looking on Twitter yesterday. You know, and a lot of people were saying, "Oh, when you change out the goalie, that's it. That's that's the end uh, of it." Did that impact on the match? Well, first of all, the goalkeeper was injured, and that that was the main. I mean, I, I during the during the second half, excuse me, during the second half quarterback yesterday, I had a quick look at Twitter, and I, I couldn't believe the comments. But anyone watching the game closely, and I was in a great position. I was in the very last press box in Killarney which, by the way, is the most scenic press box in the country if you're ever there. And when Mihaly and Martin took, made two saves in the first half, and he made two very good saves, immediately afterwards, he went to his shoulder. He had a shoulder injury. And anyone that were watching, he came off at halftime, and he had a nice pack on his shoulder. You very, very rarely change your goalkeeper. Mihaly and Martin is a very good goalkeeper. He had a good league campaign. And to be fair, Mark Waite is a good keeper as well. It was just unfortunate. They got three goals in him which you could do very little about. But it was not a tactical change. It was an in-force change. And the manager confirmed that after the game. Myself and Michael Scanlon done an interview. And Michael asked him the question. He says, no, he made a save early in the first half. He was in severe pain. He couldn't even pass the ball. He had to take him out. And he praised him for his contribution to the league and to the championship. So the, the, the change of the goalkeeper had no bearing on the match. He was injured and that's why he was taken off. Okay, so what? Where do we go from from here? I mean, do questions need to be answered at GAA headquarters? Some people saying, you know, paying forty euro or so for a game for a performance like that. Fans leaving fifteen minutes before the end of the match just so disheartening. Yeah, yeah, very disheartening, and um, it is a funny year in so far as unlike the hurlers, the footballs are beaten, you're knocked out of the championship, and. They had only three league games coming into this. Well, four, if you count the relegation playoffs they played against Westmead. Four league games. And I know Ronan McCarthy was very angry at the football structure. Ever before a ball was kicked, he was adamant that the football county should have been treated the same as the hurling and get a backdoor in the football championship. Now, after that beating yesterday, would you want a backdoor? But such is the case. So, basically, he was asked that question after the game. He has another year of his term to run. He wouldn't answer the question. He said that's a matter for himself, the county board and the players. And he said he was quite angry when the question was asked, actually. He said, I didn't have to come out here, but I did, and I'm not going to deal with it. He's facing into a couple of months now where it'll be all club activity. I would imagine he will see out his, his three-year term. That's my own view now. Because if you look at the last two years, Patricia, they've been fairly... Look, sport has been decimated, and it's the least important thing of what's gone on in the, country, in the world. I want to make that point clear, but he's had two two D campaigns where there's been very little to work on. So I would think he... I don't see him stepping down and he'll face into a new league campaign next year where he'll have more structure and more games to get his team ready. That's my own view. Listener says, could you ask Finbar, is there hope for the future with the wins at under 20 level during the week? Actually, I I would think so. Yeah, definitely. I think the under 20 footballers had a great win over Kerry last week and then they followed that by winning the Munster title. And it's our second under 20 title in, in Munster in three years and we're in the All-Ireland semi-final which looks like it's going to be played next weekend against Southley and while I'm on that unfortunately one of our better players at under 20 level Conor Corbett from out the road there in Moorn Abbey Clyde Rovers he damaged his knee again that Munster final with Tipperary and he subsequently turned out to be a crucial knee injury he's out for the rest of the year and we'd just like to wish him well classy footballer classy individual on and off the field and he's a big loss, and we wish him a speedy recovery. But to, to answer your question, Trisha, there, there is hope. We did have a lot of injuries going into the match. The under-20 footballers are a very, very good players on that side. And 
you can't play under 20 and senior in the one year, <clears throat> as the hurlers found out. So look, it's just hopefully we could win. We might win that under 20 All Ireland and give us a bit of hope. The miners are playing Kerry Friday night. They had a very fascinating win over Waterford last week, so we'll judge them more on next Friday night. But you just have to keep. You have to keep working and keep bringing players on and hope that they'll come through. And I do believe, look, we've beaten by Kerry before and we've bounced back and we'll have to do the same again. OK, and just let's switch to hurling uh, for a minute. The draw for the quarterfinals for the All-Ireland Senior Hurling Championships have been made. Yes, and uh, I suppose everybody was kind of, we were all listening this morning, we were and we drew Dublin, as everyone knows, to Tipperary and Waterford, and our record against Dublin is quite good. Uh, we played them last year in Torles in a dark November day, and we beat them. And the last time we met, we Played them three times since 2013 All-Ireland semi-final, 2016 qualifying last year, and we beat them. We will be favourites. What we have to do is guard against complacency and make sure we're properly prepared. I know the lads went back into the recovery session on Sunday morning, so it's a favourable draw, but it doesn't guarantee anything unless you perform on the day. The likelihood it's going to be a Saturday evening fixture and it's possible that the Waterford Tipperary game will be played in Parky Heath. But we have another 20 months to find coming up on Wednesday night. We have a minor hurling semi-final tomorrow night in Torlis. So hopefully we can get back on the horse to start winning games. <laughs> and, and, you know, and of course the Camogie Lady football teams are doing well. I, I think Polly Pound was tweeting there, I remember following up, Patricia, uh, talking to county teams, I think yesterday was probably our first loss in about 15 games yeah, yeah. since recently. So look, let's look at all the positives. We're caught people who are always positive. Okay. But it was very, it was very disappointing in, in Killarney. There's no getting away from it. But look, we just move on. We, hopefully the hurlers can pick it up and the underage teams can pick it up during the week and we get winning again. Okay, just some comments in Connor in the city said I went to Killarney yesterday and while the stadium and everything in the setup was fantastic, I do agree with what was said earlier, paying high prices for tickets, driving to Killarney, making a day out of it, unfair to uh, supporters, do they need to change uh, things? Well, I think you've, you've, you've already dealt with that. Yeah. And then Dennis says Kerry were expected to win but nobody thought it would be by so much harsh decisions at times by the ref not taking away yeah. from the performance I thought the ref made a few incorrect decisions Finbar's views please I would not have changed the score it may not have changed the score but I'd be interested in what Finbar makes made of the ref yesterday Well you know my track record on referees now I'm a bit reluctant to comment but I don't think to be fair the referee had no bearing on the matches there was no maybe one or two small calls but they were, they were he, look Trisha, with all due respect, I could ref that match myself to so one-sided after 15 minutes. I don't yeah. think the referee had any bearing on the match. And, you know, we're only clutching his straws. Yeah, but I mean, I think, I think Dennis in his comments, he did say, say that. Wasn't he did say, was it going to change? It wasn't going to change. Was going, no, and just one final one. This was an email that arrived on my desk this morning and it's to do with the GAA from Edmund that says, as a former hurler and a big GAA fan, I was looking forward to seeing our Cork team playing at the weekend. To my utter amazement and disgust there's no coverage on RTE but I can see it on Sky for a fee to compound to compound the disgrace Sky won't just charge me a simple fee to watch one match no I'll have to sign up to a sports package for six months with a significant fee per month now let me get my head around this bad joke we have a national organisation the GAA committed to managing our national game on a 
an amateur basis where thousands of young men and women train and play their hearts out for our viewing pleasure and seek no payment. Yet this GAA farms out a significant fee to a British concern uh, to concern these efforts by our youth. What a disgrace. On our our own GAA organisation making money on the backs of an amateur, amateur sportsmen and women, the government gave a hefty grant payment from our government to cope with the COVID pandemic, yet they still feel disposed to make profits from the Sky Cable Network. And that's a very, very disgusted. It's how it signed uh, Edmund. What's your view uh, on that for people who really would like to sit down and watch a match on a TV t- to discover it's only on Sky? Well, I think it's a disgraceful decision and I couldn't agree more with what that gentleman said. I can I can relate to it my own circumstances. My own mother is 90 and she couldn't watch the match last Sunday, last, last uh, Saturday. And equally, the, the week before, or the, when we played Limerick in the Munster Championship semi-final, it was also on Sky. So Cork had the, probably the biggest hurling supporters in the country, apart from Limerick in my view. And yet their two games were not on national television this year. That's appalling. Now, thankfully, we were able to cover them on C103, so if they had in Sky, they had to listen to John Cashman and myself and Paddy Sullivan. And it, my understanding, Tricia, is going to be the same next weekend. I believe, my belief is that the RTE have first call on the quarter-final draw, and I would all due respect to the Cork of Dublin, Tipperary and Waterford is the more attractive draw, and they have the afternoon slot booked for next Saturday. That would tell me that Tipperary and Waterford will be at one thirty or 2 o'clock, possibly in Parky Eve, and Cork and Dublin will be on Sky that evening, maybe 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock in Thurland. And it's dreadful that the three Cork hurling matches could that none of the three conquering games would be on the national broadcast. It's, it's it's an absolute disgrace, and the GA should be ashamed for doing that. I have no issue with Sky getting games. That they're in the business for getting games, but equally, Cork, the, the Cork game should be on RT as well as Sky, and that's my view. And I couldn't agree more with what that gentleman said. Edmund, yeah, and as he said, a former hurler and a big GAA fan, and there are many others. I mean, I do and, feel, yeah. I do feel it as you mentioned your mother. I do feel for the older GAA fans yeah, who exactly. just live to sit down on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon uh, to watch the match. And it's very tough in, the, on in them. the current in the current circumstances yeah. where the attendance is limited. And just to go back to that, I, I was in Killarney yesterday early, myself and Mary, we walked down the town and the number of people in the town I know Killarney is a busy town anyway, we all accept that. But the number of people that were around the town yesterday enjoying themselves, having a bit of crack and chat and chatting away, having a few drinks, and yet probably fifty percent of them couldn't go into the match and you would go up to a stadium. I know we're in the very, very extreme circumstances. But there's um, two massive terraces in Killarney. It could easily have accommodated a few more thousand people. That's my own and, and still allowing for the social distancing, you wouldn't have been able to do that. And look, we, I mean, it's all based on the seating capacity of the stadium. And I know that the the um, Munster Council made strenuous efforts to try and get the capacity increased by maybe 1,500, which would have helped that yesterday. But they were turned down as late as Thursday night. I was above in, I mean, I've been in so many places during the weekend matches, I forget where I was. I got a text message from Bob Ryan, the PRO, efforts to increase the intensity of Killarney turned down. Disappointing. So it, it, it's very disappointing. really, really disappointing. All right. Although maybe, maybe the guys that couldn't get a ticket were the lucky ones. <laughs> <laughs> Onward, onwards and upwards. Listen, onwards thank you. Upwards, thank Trisha, you for that. We, we, 
we go again this week uh, another busy week absolutely okay. enjoy thanks a million <laughs> and uh, well done uh, to actually our sporting uh, boys they're just fantastic at uh, what what they do and I can never speak highly enough of them but that is uh, Finbar McCarthy it's uh, the C103 GAA reporter and then a listener says Trisha just one word on the Munster final yesterday last year when Cork bet Kerry when David Clifford and other players were on their way back home to Kerry they were boo- booed and cheered at the county bounds and some people made video footage of it and put it up on YouTube and they had a great laugh at it. Not a nice thing to do. This Kerry fan says, who's laughing now? And that's from a Kerry fan. Thank you for that. And actually I can see from texts and WhatsApps a lot of people agreeing with the email that I got from uh, Edmund as a former hurler and big GAA fan giving out about the fact that a lot of the Cork matches are ending up on Sky and he'd love to have watched the cork Clare match at the weekend uh, but he said he'd have to pay Sky a fee and he really is very, very annoyed uh, about it. Uh, Mary, this is just some of the text coming in, Mary says, I agree wholeheartedly with everything that Eamon says. I've been saying it for quite some time. There should be a ban on GAA headquarters and uh, lots of other people saying don't have Sky, can't afford Sky. Uh, You've got to get the full package even if they allowed us just to pay a fee for a particular match and actually Edmund said that as well in his email to us that if you could if you could be charged a simple fee to allow you to watch one match but they make you sign up he says you've got to sign up for at least six months and someone else says I don't have uh, Sky it would be too expensive for me so a lot of people at uh, making the same point as Edmund people really not happy at all with the GAA for the deal that they have done with uh, Sky and then just on a completely different topic Gary in Glantham is looking for other people's views on this and I'm, I'm wondering how are a lot of people still upset by this and it's to do with funerals and the numbers that are allowed to attend funerals. Now I know the Cabinet are meeting tomorrow because they're going to assess how indoor dining, the first day of indoor dining and indoor hospitality goes today so they're meeting tomorrow but one of the things that's up for discussion tomorrow and actually just as I look at the clock it's half past ten so pubs are officially now allowed to open from now but uh, the government tomorrow are going to look at the numbers that can attend weddings because as we discussed last week on the programme 50 are allowed to attend a wedding at the moment but brides and grooms were hoping that the numbers would go to 100 from August which of course August is just next uh, week and a number of people have weddings booked for August on the basis that they thought 100 people would be allowed to attend and then Leo Varadkar came out uh, last week and said no it's looking like it's going to remain at 50. So that's going to be looked at tomorrow because there's been such an outpouring of rage I think on behalf of couples themselves but also on behalf of the industry and the people involved a lot of money generated from the wedding industry and there's a lot of businesses involved in the wedding industry and they're obviously all going to uh, lose out. So we may see a change on weddings from tomorrow but Gary wants to bring up the topic of funerals because he thinks funerals are so important to Irish society and the reason he's particularly talking about it was he recently had to attend the funeral under very tragic uh, circumstances of a very good friend of his he said I'm not related to the man but he said we were friends for the last 40 years his funeral was went ahead with 25 people now he said if you just allow the immediate family that would have made up the 25 so he said he knew going he would have been just outside of the number of 25 but he said he could not be at least at the church or outside the church for his friend of 40 years as he was being uh, buried and he said his friend's wife spotted him and said you've been a part of my husband's life for so many years you must come into the church so he ended up going into the church but he just thought that it was a desperate situation for bereaved people 
to be put through and family members to be standing there saying you can come in well you can't yeah you'll, you'll, you make the 25 and you don't and he feels it's just really really unfair particularly when you look at some of our churches some of our churches can hold up to a thousand or more people you could still have more than 25 inside in the church and have them uh, spread out he said it's a very different thing with a wedding you plan for a wedding but how can you possibly plan for a funeral and he's very upset that the funeral numbers is, is remaining at 25 and I know Neffet who recommend to the government to keep funerals at 25 it's, it's got to do with not the size of the church but it's got to do with what happens af- afterwards they're just fearful I think if they increase the numbers to say 100 people could very safely go into a, a church and all be socially distanced and all be very safe uh, and no danger of spreading COVID but the fear is do, do the hundred people then go on to the graveyard and then they, do they then go on to a house or do they then go somewhere and have some kind of a gathering which would be very traditional of how we have done funerals before the pandemic but I can sense and feel your pain uh, Gary and sorry to hear that you've lost such a good good friend and particularly when it was in tragic uh, circumstances do others agree with Gary do funerals need to be looked at do more people need to be allowed into the church at funerals particularly if they decide to go ahead with upping the numbers at weddings. 1850 333 103. John Paul taking your calls. You can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. The Community Cats Network is making an appeal to the public after a surge in the inhumane and horrific dumping of kittens at roadsides in recent weeks. And uh, joining me, one of the volunteers, uh, Jackie Graham. Good morning to you, Jackie. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well. Can you can you just outline to us what's been happening? Oh, it's just I, I just don't know what happened. Um, uh, about two weeks ago, um, a friend of mine who um, she volunteers with us, a friend of hers, actually was walking her dogs, and she came across this about five week old kitten on the side of the road. So she knew Jerlene volunteered with us. So she rang her. Jerlene was in the middle of something, but she told her, like, don't leave the kitten. Either pick it up and bring it with you or just stay. And she got to her as soon as she could. So the woman, in the meantime, had picked up the kitten and she managed to walk about three miles back home with the kitten and her two dogs. So Jerlene went to her house to collect the kitten. But then she said, we better go back and check to make sure that there's no more kittens there. So they went off and they were searching through all these kind of briars. And they couldn't see anything. So then they saw a swarm of blue bottles. And they went over and there was like a, a small little tiny ginger kitten. Still had his umbilical cord on. So it wouldn't have been born long. It had a big cut on its side. And there was all blue bottles, eggs and maggots inside in the cut. So she picked him up and tried to get as many eggs off as possible. And they kept looking and then they saw another swarm of blue bottles. Sorry, was that um, kitten still alive? That kitten was still alive, yeah. All five kittens when they were found were alive at the time. So they saw another swarm of blue bottles and they went over and there was three kittens, um, a ginger and two little black ones, uh, curled up together. Now these kittens were still warm whereas the one with the maggots and things was, was gone cold. So she picked them all up. Um, I was in work so I couldn't, I, could, I wasn't much of assistance but I rang the vet and I got her an appointment straight away um, in the meantime, I contacted another friend of mine. She's a vet nurse with the same practice. She bought the feeds for, bottle feeds for me sometimes because I wanted to have her on standby. 
Um, so the kittens were brought to the vet. The little one with the maggots had to be put to sleep straight away. He was uh, there was just nothing we could do. Um, the five week old kitten who was the first kitten to be saw by that time he had kind kind of gone floppy. Um, he got treatment, he got fluids and things, but after two hours he died. So we were left with three kittens that my friend collected. She sat to bottle feeding them. They seemed to be doing really, really well. And then last Sunday, one of those went downhill. Um, he stopped taking his milk. He was trying on his side, gas for air, so we had to let him go as well. So at the moment, there's two two surviving. Um, a little ginger one and a little black one. The little black one is going to have to have her eye removed in time. They seem to be doing okay. We're afraid now at this stage to get hopeful. And um, where where was this, Jackie? Where was this? These? Was, this was on the main road between Fumai and Mitchellstown. Between Fumai and Mitchellstown. There was no houses, no houses whatsoever around. And and um, it was it was definitely a dumping, not just a feral it kitten. A, it was definitely a dumping because the three different age kittens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was like yeah, the newborn. There was... the, the other three small ones were maybe five, six days old. Yeah. And then there was the five week old. Oh, like if one one female couldn't be responsible for the other amount yeah. of kittens. And anyway, there was no place that she could have been getting food. Normally even if a cat is wild, if she does have kittens in the wild, she'll normally have some kind of a base where she can rely on a food source. She, and she wouldn't have them left to the side of the road. No. Yeah. No, she yeah. wouldn't. And like if there was a mother cat there then be by sure the there wouldn't have been blue bottles all over the kittens and it was, it was an so your process. suspicion is that this is somebody who obviously has probably an amount of, it, yeah. it could be wild, it could be feral cats, or just has an amount of cats yeah, in their definitely. house and just scooping up all the kittens, all the kittens and then opening the door of the, the car yeah. and just throwing them out. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And the like, simple solution is neuter your cat. It's just so simple. Like they're not the only kittens. Like we, in the space of two weeks, um, and I like another friend of mine found a little five week old kitten over on the main street of my. She picked her up, she brought her to me. Then the place I work in Mitchellstown is um Circle K. I got a phone call at nine o'clock one morning from them. There was a kitten blow on the forecourt, I gone to hide in a bunker. I went down, I picked up that kitten. Another friend of mine saw a kitten down at another petrol station. In Mitchellstown, she went, she got that kitten. I got a call from another lady on the Kildallery Road. There was a kitten in her ditch. She just, she was actually lovely. She just wanted uh, advice on how to coax the kitten out. Eventually, after about a week or two, she got the kitten out and she brought it in home and she's going keeping that little fella. There was another one found in Fumai. Um, in that time, I was absolutely full at that stage. Another rescue in Cork took that little one. So, like, in the space of two weeks, there was ten kittens between the two towns. In, in a very short period of time. In a very, very and, short And you're just time. talking about that area of North Cork, because when exactly. I mentioned you were coming on, Sandy has contacted us. She volunteers with the Rural Animal Welfare Resource uh, in yeah. Bantry. And uh, she says, we obviously come across this cruelty often enough. Anyone can get in touch with us through our Facebook page because yeah. we're involved uh, with the Trap, Neuter and Return programme, which I know you're involved with as well, yeah. Jackie. Uh, Sandy says, we do it in West uh, Cork. No job to 
big, no job too small. Although we never present the Guardian slash owner with the bill. We are a charity as are our volunteers and a donation would be would be hugely uh, expect w- would be hugely accepted. Uh, but she's making the point to just how quickly one kitten, one cat oh, can become 20 yeah. in the blink of uh, an eye. In, in, and she says there is, year, like. there's no shortage of kittens being dumped during the breeding time, which is April through to September. We're mm. right in the middle of it. But Sandy is making the point there is uh, help out there. And you, you're the, thanks for that, Sandy. And you're the same, uh, Jackie. You do a trap, neuter and return yeah, at the Community Cats Network. We we're not a rescue. We we just concentrate solely on going out to get as many cat neutrals as possible in the hope that this wouldn't happen. You know, and I'm sure every rescue in the country could tell you a similar story. It's not isolated. It's, 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 in this day and age, there's no excuse for it. There isn't. There isn't. Like, I work with one, one or two vets in the locality, but I know of other vets that I don't use, and they have my number, and they give it out to people who come in and inquire too. Which, which is brilliant because that's what we want. So, like these people, obviously, they didn't even get in contact with anyone to see could they feel. They're just, they're just dumping problem. them. Financially, how are you? How are you supported, Jackie? Um, we're supported. We are given a small grant by the government, okay. um, and everything else we have to fundraise. We do ask people to pay a little bit towards the cost, but a lot of the time we we rely on online auctions now and things like that. Okay. All right, and you're the Community Cats Network, and you, what area do you cover? Well, I'm in Mitchelltown, Mitchelltown. but like, I go as far as Ballyhooley. I do all for my, we go as far as Tiptown on the other side. And people can find you on social media? They can, absolutely, yeah. Okay, but please reach out. That really is 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 the message. There are absolutely. enough welfare char- animal charities out there. This cruelty has just got to end. You're doing might, mighty work, Jackie. Thank you for that. Thank you so much. And uh, thanks uh, for joining us. And it would be lovely to see that we could have an end to ch- charities like that, that we wouldn't have any need for them if people would just neuter their animals, please. 1850 333 103. Lines open. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie. Since the pandemic began, but especially during lockdowns when hotels and cafes were closed, the issue of lack of clean public toilets has very much been highlighted, not just here in Cork but indeed all over the country. Even before COVID-19 arrived on our shores, many would say we never had adequate clean public toilets. Lose. Well, my next guest may have found the solution. Entrepreneur John Nagel joins me to discuss his ULU commercial toilet pods. Good morning to you, John. Good morning, Patricia. How are you? I'm I'm very well, and I love I love what you're what you're trying to do here. You opened up your public lose in Clifton in County Galway. I just describe to me what you have on offer. Um, yeah, I mean it's a public access toilet. Um, it's fully manned. There are three full-time staff in the facility. It's a it's a, a an old retail space in the middle of the town that has been um, converted into a, a restroom and shower facility. Uh, so it's not a sort of a you know a forty-foot container out on the street. It's like a retail shop. It's like walking into a sweet shop. Um, but you you're, you enter it and there's a lobby and uh, there's five beautiful toilets and. Um, there's a makeup area and there's two family showers. And the idea is that they're cleaned every time they're used. They're spotlessly clean. The lobby is lovely. It's very sort of, it's, I wouldn't call it luxurious, but it's very sort of high-end, clean, safe. And the whole concept is to make, 
you know, going to the restroom or the toilet uh, a better experience than, a, than a, a very, previously well, experienced. Yeah, well, I've, I've seen photographs and they, they look top-notch and it would make going to the loo a very pleasant experience rather than going into a public toilet where you're holding your nose and then you get in there and at times <laughs> you, you can't even use it because of the conditions uh, of yeah. our public loos. But there's a cost factor, obviously, uh, John. What are you charging for people to spend a penny? There is. Um, well, this is the pilot, uh, Patricia. So we're, we're charging a, a, a sort of a once pay as you go, so to speak, excusing the pun, um, uh, of three fifty to use the toilets and fifteen euros to use the showers. Um, but the strategy really is to roll out to thirty towns between the town of Cove all the way up to Westport along the southwest and uh, west coast, and then put a facility in Dublin, Cork, Limerick, a couple in Dublin, Cork, Limerick, and Galway. And then you do a subscription or take a subscription for 100, 120 euros a year and you can use any of the public or any of the ULU services as often as you want, which would obviously substantially reduce that if you're, you know, a staycationer, if you're a traveler, uh, you know, in the sense of traveling around in a camper van, uh, the, the, those sort of applied costs will drop to about 1, 150 per, per, per pop, really, you know, that's, that's the idea. But for now, they're 350. We because opened about only uh, the, 10 days ago. Yeah, because there's, there's only the one. What, what if I need to pop in with a baby to change a baby? Have you so facilities all, for that? All the loos, um, we, we, we basically planned it around families, to be honest. So they're, they're all 2.1 square metres. So they're big, wide toilets. Um, you can put a buggy in there. You can uh, bring your two kids in there quite easily. Um, every single unit has a baby changing unit. Um, it has a sink and, and it has a, a, a toddler's sort of, you know, toilet seat that you put on top of, of a normal toilet to, to allow you to sit your child on. Um, and the whole idea is that you can go in there and look after your kids without them climbing out under the door. Um, it's all tiled. There's no stainless steel. It's like a really lovely toilet in a lovely hotel. And the concept really is that it's, it's, it's safe and clean. You're not hovering your child over the toilet, not wanting them to touch this or the seat that's been used five minutes previously by, by somebody that walked out and left it in a bit of a state. And, you know? the, and the 350, would that cover the, the family? Oh, it does, yeah. It does, yeah. It does, yeah. And, re- and yeah. reaction, John? What reaction are you getting? Um, you know, our initial reaction you know, was, was, oh my God, 350 is a lot. But, you know, it, it, it's targeting a certain audience, to be honest, Patricia. There are loads of people out there, and I'm sure you'll get a response that there's no way they'll pay 350 to go to the toilet. But there are equally as many people who would be quite happy to, to, to pay that with a view to hopefully in, in the next 12 to 18 months paying considerably less to access those clean toilets and clean facilities and, and safe facilities. So the reaction has been good and bad, um, but it's beginning to weigh now towards... Uh, the good, and we had a very busy weekend in Clifton, despite the sun and everybody out in the lovely beaches here. Um, you know, we were very busy this weekend, and uh, so it's 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 going to take time for people to get their heads around that. You know, this toilet is 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 cleaned every time it's used, and I have a lot of sympathy for the public access toilets run by the councils because they can clean them every time they're used, and you know, they're it's it's really very difficult for for unless they're fully attended to, to match the same type of level of, of quality and service when they're fully attended. You well, know? you know, I've been abroad and I've gone into public toilets where there's a lady sitting at the door and you pay on the, on the way in. Yep. 
and yeah, and you yeah. know when you pay on the way in that the toilets are going to be spotlessly uh, spotlessly clean. And like somebody yeah. else is is making the point, uh, why would you pay for a loo now? Surely you'd go into the, your nearest cafe or restaurant or whatever. But the problem there is you're going to have to buy something. I mean, I we've all done that when we need to go to the toilet. You've got to go yeah. in and get a coffee and a scone or a sandwich or whatever it is. You're not just going to walk in and not pay. So I mean, there there is a payment element to using a cafe. There is, and, and look, you know, we've all, we're all, well, most of us are parents, and, and, you know, even the best in the world, the best cafes in the world, they clean them every 15 minutes, and they're fantastic, and most of them are, and that's, you know, that's our competition, really, is that they, you know, they continue to provide a very good service. But the reality is they're small toilets, and you're not going to be able to roll a buggy into a cafe toilet and have another guy sitting on the loo and you looking after the baby changer and all this kind of stuff. There's very few of those type of facilities, and this is, this is targeting a specific audience to say, look, if you're willing to pay your, you know, a small fee here, you're going to spend as much time as you want in there, 10 minutes for 20 minutes, a half an hour, looking after your child, looking after your baby, and looking after yourself, and coming out and, and, and you know, doing up, you know, getting the hair right as well, and putting a bit of lipstick on, because we've lovely makeup areas there as well. And, you know, for families that are traveling in camper vans and uh, into the city or, or into the towns around the country, the family showers are huge. They're 3.5 square meters. You can fit a family of five, six in there. Um, you know, we can rotate the people that, that want to have showers separately um, for the same fee. So the whole idea is to make it, you know, a, a much better experience. That's okay. the plan, you know. And listen, it's it's tough starting off a new business, I can tell you, during uh, a pandemic. And I have huge admiration for anybody who's trying just trying to think outside of the box. And I think that's exactly what you're doing here. So, John, we wish you luck with it. Let us know when you make it to Cork. I'd be really interested uh, to see and uh, give you a mention when they're, when you're up and running with your... And it's you, Lou, is what you call it. You dash, you dash, Lou, L U U. The letter <laughs> U dash, Lou, L U U. Okay, all uh, right. We'll be in Cork. I hope next by next summer. I hope okay. if we can find a nice site in the city. We'll be we'll be there very fast. Good luck with it. Thanks, Thanks a million, a million John. Patricia. Take bye care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Uh, John Nagel, if you're in Clifton in County Galway on your holly bobs this year, keep a lookout for the U Lou coming to a town near you soon. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Some reaction uh, to my piece with uh, John Nagel, the entrepreneur who is planning on these, having these toilets dotting ar- dotted around the country. Uh, but you'll pay for them, but they will be fully staffed, fully manned, so they will be spotlessly clean whenever you do need to use a loo. Heidi says, Patricia, toilets. Well, Patricia, does this not say something about the people that leave toilets, leave public toilets in st- such a state? I wonder what their own toilets are like. I guarantee you, Heidi, their own toilets are probably absolutely spotless, but whatever it is about public lose people seem to think that they can just do uh, what they like uh, someone else uh, Tim and Yall says on the toilets to be honest in the past I would have said no to the concept of paying three euro fifty is what John Nagel is asking at the moment but his plan is that if he gets enough of these toilets dotted around the country you'll pay a fee like a membership fee so you'll have like a pass card and you'll be able to use any of the toilets and you'll pay the one off fee and then you can use them I, I think he's actual con- Concept if he can get it off the ground, I think it's really good. It's one of the reasons that we invited him onto the programme when he heard when we heard he was planning on coming to Cork. Anyway, Tim says I would have said no because of the price aspect. However, Tim feels that government slash councils have left the public down, and he feels a lot of the budget ends up going on expenses. So I would run with this idea completely. It's utterly a necessity to have toilets in places. It's like as if we're living in the 16th century. Shame on the public reps that we can 
can't seem to manage to do public toilets. Well, I think even John Nagel himself said in defence of local authorities that run run our toilets and I run our public toilets they're never going to have the budgets to put people in place to be in these toilets all of the time. Uh, I mean, if, if they, if they, that's the only way we would have clean public toilets was if there's somebody there manning them 24-7 and that's what, that's what the difference with John's toilets are going to be. There will be workers, there'll be staff in there all of the time after every toilet is used there's somebody in cleaning it so you know that when you go to use the toilet it is spotless. And then somebody else is picking me up on when I said about going into cafes and you you have to go in and have something to eat if you wanted to use the toilet. Somebody says, Trisha, you for real? I've seen a good few people skirting into toilets in cafes and not buying anything. And that's from another, uh, my namesake, somebody else called uh, Trish as well. And that's shocking that people do that as well. But does it happen? Of course it does. But you know something at the moment with indoor hospitality now officially up and running for today, from uh, today, we do need to be supporting all of those hotels and coffee shops and cafes and if you do need to spend a penny go in and have your lunch or have a cup of coffee or whatever it is because we do need to be uh, supporting them and workers right across the hospitality sector have expressed mixed emotions to the indoor service resuming today and remember it is only opening today for those who are fully vaccinated or those who have recovered from COVID-19. Uh, pubs are opening their doors for some for the first time in 16 months. Restaurants and gastro pubs welcoming people back in. Of course, they opened, they closed at Christmas. They got a few months out of it before Christmas. Some establishments claim to have received abuse from anti-vaxxers ahead of the reopening, while others have decided to continue with outdoor dining uh, only. I think I heard about from the Adrian Cummins of the Restaurants Association, about a quarter of restaurants are going to stick with outdoor uh, dining and that's got to do with they some don't have the staff to open up indoors and others feel it's unfair to be segregating people who are vaccinated against the unvaccinated. And then the last minute publishing of guidelines by the government, that's left many publicans and restaurateurs feeling anxious that confusion and chaos is going to reign, particularly over the first couple of weeks. Now, the new digital COVID cert scanner, that will be used to check customers' vaccine passes. If you have the vaccine pass on your phone, are you going to bring your vaccine passport with you? They have this special digital COVID cert scanner that they can uh, check. And you also, it's not, you don't just have to have the digital certificate because not everybody has the certificate uh, yet you can bring your HSE COVID-19 vaccination card with you and actually there was a question in from John in Mill Street saying Patricia I'm wondering when a person is fully vaccinated and goes drinking in my local at the weekend do I have to take my COVID cert with me or is it just for going abroad? No John if you to go into your local pub you'll have to prove to them that you're fully vaccinated so yeah bring your COVID certificate with you. Now I'm assuming once you go in and I'm open to correction on this, but do I take it that if John in Mill Street now is a typical example, if he goes to his local pub at the weekend and he shows that he's vaccinated and then he goes the next weekend, does he have to bring the COVID, do you have to bring the COVID search with you every single time you go, even though they would have scanned you last week and know that you are fully vaccinated? I'll see if I can get uh, that one uh, checked. But there is a great sense of excitement and I know a lot of the newspapers today are picking up on that uh, sense of excitement on the reopening of the uh, pubs and I saw some, some great photographs of um, 
can't think of his name Michael O'Donovan guy's name just escaped me there for a moment uh, Michael O'Donovan uh, who we speak with on many many occasions from the Vintners Federation of Ireland he's the Cork uh, chair great photographs of Michael he was you could sense the excitement in his voice I have to say when I spoke with him on Friday in advance of the reopening uh, today and I know Padre Crimmon of the Vintners Federation of Ireland their chief executive he described it as a big day for the trade but he did urge customers to work with publicans as they implement the new guidelines they're asking people to please be patient, to please cooperate and remember that the publicans and their staff are only doing their job. Uh, You may also be asked for photo ID for proof that the immunity on the search that you are one and the same person. Now, again, I am assuming for local pubs that know there's no they're regulars, they're not going to be looking for photo ID but have photo ID with you because you could be asked uh, for it. The HSE's Chief Executive Paul Reid urging people to accept the restrictions attached to today's reopening. He says as hospitality, society and the economy opens up further he said let us all let us all embrace it safely and more than anything please let's make it work and then I also saw a piece from Dr Dennis McCauley, he's chair of the Irish Medical Organisation, the GP's uh, committee. He says it is a big day and he says we want it to be safe and enjoyable. Queues, if queues, please don't say there's queues forming outside pubs, but in case maybe at the weekend there might be queues. He's saying if queues do form, please do your best to socially distance and to remain aware and use a mask, use a face covering, if particularly if you are in a queue waiting to get in somewhere. And the Cabinet are meeting, as I mentioned, tomorrow. Uh, they're meeting tomorrow. They're going to review to see how today went, even though it's probably a bit early to do a review but anyway they're going to do it uh, tomorrow and see if there's any teething problems that have arisen from day one if there's anything they can do to iron those out and then ministers tomorrow are also going to consider whether to increase the number of guests allowed to attend weddings in uh, August. It's still at 50 as we discussed on this programme last Friday but there are many young brides and grooms who are really hoping that it's going to go to 100 because they were of the belief that it was going to go to 100 even though when Neffet and when the government raised the numbers at weddings to 50 and said we're looking at putting them to 100 at August they did say it would depend on what was happening with COVID-19 and we know we're well over a 1,000 every day at the moment on COVID positive cases. Leo Varadkar is reckoning we're going to go by mid-August. Our figures could be up to 4,000 positive cases a day. So it is going to depend on that whether they will go up to a whether they'll allow weddings to go up to 100 or not. But unfortunately, some brides and grooms, all they heard was August, you can have 100 people at your wedding and a number of them have booked weddings. They've sent out invitations and my heart would go out to anyone that would have to start ringing people to say, you can come to the wedding and you can't go to the wedding. You haven't made the cut. That would be a very difficult thing for your brides and grooms to do. There was a lot of speculation at the weekend and this is what will get signed off on tomorrow and will get discussed at Cabinet tomorrow. There was a lot of talk about if you look at your wedding guests, how many are vaccinated and could you allow so many vaccinated versus so many unvaccinated? Now, is that going to mean then that the best man is going to have a very busy time in his hands? Is he going to be the one checking people's COVID certs to make sure that they are fully vaccinated or not? Anyway, we'll keep an eye out on what happens at that Cabinet meeting tomorrow, but there, it, it is, it's on the table for discussion and I think 
young couples will welcome the fact that they're, they're not being completely forgotten about and it is going to be discussed so maybe, maybe weddings will go to 100 particularly if it's going to be a mix between vaccinated and unvaccinated and Anne says good morning Patricia I don't think it is the right time to reopen our pubs the population in this country can't be trusted when it comes to alcohol. I saw over recent weeks that people, for example, are not using hand sanitizers in shops anymore. Some are not even wearing masks. Reopening pubs will lead to Delta super spreading events. Schools then will not reopen in late August. Why? Because we've opened pubs, restaurants and indoor hospitality. And the consequence of that will see Schools remaining closed in September and that will be Anne's huge concern. 1850-333-103. John Paul taking your calls. You can text her WhatsApp 0862-103-103. C103 Jobs. Apple Green Filling Station, that's in Balancolic. They have positions available for shop and for deli staff. While part-time post office assistant is required, it's for Riverview Shopping Centre, that's in Bandon. The Fresh Fish Deli in Skibbereen, they've got vacancies for full and part-time food production operatives. No previous experience required and it's flexi working times. And catering deli assistants are wanted to work in Mallow. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. cmig.ie Now we're moving to a completely different topic this morning because my next guest is a survivor of domestic violence and Kate wants to share her story to help others and has also embarked on a fundraising venture to raise funds for women Age. Good morning, uh, Kate, and thank you so much for contacting us. Oh, good morning, Patricia. Yeah, no bother at all. Now, no do, you, bother at do all. you believe sharing your story is in some way part of your own healing process? Uh, definitely, yeah. Um, I was kind of thinking that over the weekend. It's kind of my way of putting a closure to it. Um, you know, I was silent for 25 odd years. Very few people knew of my history, so... Um, I just thought when I turned 50 on the t- uh, 2020, um, I thought, do you know what, now I'm going to mark my 50th by doing something special and giving something back to, you know, the organization that helped me break free, basically. And the the cycling trip is kind of my way of doing it and, and raising funds and awareness that, you know, 25 years on, I'm happy, I'm alive, and I've taken back control. So I thought, you know what, I'll market in style and see what I could do for women's aid in Ireland. I mean, it happened to me when I was over in England. So it was kind of a different uh, scenario. And uh, 25 years ago, there was no mobile phones, no Facebook. So, you know, things were a lot different back then and harder, you know. And why why do you think you kept it a secret what because what happened to you wasn't your fault yeah why do you think for 25 years you weren't able to share it with people well yeah I mean I wasn't so public about it but, you know my friend my close friends and family knew of my history which was fine but back then and even now you you, you kind of feel ashamed and embarrassed about what um what happened to you because you know back then uh, people, you wouldn't hear people talking about it. Uh, and um, I'll tell you, it was just kind of a one incident that really kind of marked it for me. Um, 
this is only going back maybe 10 years or so, um, I went to Mass and um, the sermon really kind of put a damper on things for me. The sermon basically said that, um, you know, whatever happens behind your front door should stay behind your front door. You know, and that was only 10 years ago. And I think, oh, okay, listening to that, I think that made me cross, so angry and so cross. And, you know, I didn't know what to do then. You know, I mean, obviously my my partner that I'm with now, or my husband I'm with now, um, he, you know, he totally understood where I was coming from. But, and even, I suppose even still today, Patricia, like, um, I'm, I've the water between myself and my ex, so you know I, I'm quite safe. And I, I and but ten years ago and fifteen years ago, I still felt very, very vulnerable. Even though I was um, in a good place, you'd still feel very, very vulnerable, and you still wouldn't want him to know where you lived or where you moved to. So it's it's still it, no matter how far gone it, it is, it's still in the back of your head and it's still in your mind. He's still out there. But I have total, total control now of what I want to do with it. You know, I don't know if that no, makes sense. It does. It, it, it absolutely does. And I could imagine you inside in the church, you would want to stand up and, and scream at that priest yeah, and say, yeah. you really don't know what you're, yeah. talk, you're talking about. Yeah. If I can take you back, your abuser was your first husband. When, yeah. when did the abuse begin, Kate? Kind of, I suppose, I was with him for nine, ten years. And I suppose, um, I suppose three years into the relationship, it kind of started getting worse and worse. Um, but it was very drink orientated. Um, you know, he started to kind of, um, you know, I, I wasn't kind of allowed out the weekend type of thing. He wouldn't give me a front door key for the weekends. I'd, I'd have a front door key uh, during the week to go to work. But then he'd have some excuse about taking the key off me. And I'd be indoors all weekend, not e- not being able to go out, and and because I couldn't get back in. Um, little things, little things just start to kind of develop, and um, you'd get to a stage then where I mean, as I said, there was no Facebook or no mobile, no mobile phones, and I had no one to kind of talk to about it. Um, I'd go to work, come home, and. You didn't know when when you came in your your front door. You didn't know what you were kind go, going to meet. Basically, whether he was in good form or bad form. If he was in good form, that meant he wasn't in the pub after work, okay. And you had a, a fairly, you know, nice evening. But he was very clever. Then he'd start picking arguments and picking fights, an excuse then to go off to the pub, and then he'd come back and pick another fight, you know. And it kind of developed then from there. I suppose the whole hitting thing and uh, abusing thing didn't start maybe until maybe two, two or three, I suppose two years before I had my daughter. And um, But what, like, you're, what you're describing uh, with the key, uh, yes, that's yes. what we now know as coercive control. Yes. And of course, yes. we, we didn't even have that terminology yes. and that yes. walking on eggshells, never yes. knowing What's the form going to be like? What's the mood yeah. uh, going to be like? And and Kate, when it did get to physical uh, abuse, yeah. would he be apologetic after, afterwards? Oh, very much so. Very much so. Um, but in a way, like sometimes he would, but the following day it was as if nothing had happened. 
you know, you'd, he'd carry on his day like he did nothing to you the night before or, um, you know, that kind of thing. That's when I really started to fear for myself the fact that he didn't even apologize later on in life. And, um, you know, he'd, I mean, I, 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 had, I had this thing, Patricia, where I suppose it was in me from when I was a child. Um, I was nicknamed the tiger um, by my great-grand-aunt on my dad's side. And I had a bit of a vicious temper on me when I was younger. So I was well able to fight back even when I was younger. And I, and that was the mistake I made. I started to answer him back and fight back. And, of course, when I did that, I got it back twice as much. So I kind of learned then to keep my mouth shut, keep smiling, and just keep everything calm so that it wouldn't happen again and again. And like that, um, a lot of my family then had moved back to Ireland. So I was totally isolated, totally on my own. I, I thought to myself, I've no choice but to put up with this. You know, I, I've made my bed. I have to lie in it. I have to stay put. That's how I felt for years. But when I had my daughter, it kind of made me think, well, it's not me that I have to protect. I now have to protect my daughter. So... Uh, and things started to, I, I started to kind of, you know, think to myself, I need a way out here. I need to get out of this. And, um, but they're, they're very clever, Patricia. They, 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 they pull you, every time I left him, he'd pull me back in. Did you, be, very, did, did you believe that he would change or that oh, you, yeah. you could make him change and be at, the man that you fell in yeah, love with? Yeah. yeah. At the start, definitely. I, I thought everything would change. I mean, he, he asked me to marry him, Patricia. And, like, you'd think um, that I would have said no. You know, any normal person would think, oh, my God, you're a fool. You should have said no. Why don't you walk out that door? You can't just walk out that door. Um, they're watching every move you make. They, they've got spies everywhere. That you, you don't, that, you know, they, they're, I'd be walking around the town and I'd be back, I'd come back home. He'd know exactly where I was, who I was talking to. Mm. Again, you know? we're into this course of control. Yeah. And today yeah. that's now even worse because yeah. of mobile phones. You can be completely tracked yeah. Yeah. as to where okay. you are and what you're doing and who and, and who you've been uh, messaging. And and yeah. Kate, and, and I don't want you to, to, to dwell too much or have to okay. talk too much about, about the really bad times, but mm-hmm. how bad did the beatings get? Well, um, on my wedding night, Patricia, and I'm, I, you know, I, on my wedding night, I danced with one of his mates, and that was the end of that. Um, I was beaten black and blue on my wedding night, and um, that that kind of that kind of triggered something up here in my head, thinking, okay, I can't do this anymore. And um, my daughter was at the childminders overnight the same night and my two sisters had come over to my wedding and they were flying home I think the following day and I got up that morning he had gone up to the he had gone out to the pub the following day running away from what he had done because he couldn't face my family and I couldn't all I wanted to do was grab my child and go with my sisters and I couldn't because I didn't physically have my daughter in my hands so I had to let them go back to Ireland, knowing that I had to stay in this house. But I planned then for 12 months, I planned that 
that's it. I'm going. I'm getting out of here. And that's when I found the courage. And the courage just starts to come back in me and the fight just starts to come back on me. And the tiger I, came back. Yeah, the tiger came <laughs> out in me, you. you know. And um, it took 12 months. And the day I booked my ticket, my flight home, and uh, on the Wednesday, but in my head again, I thought, I th- he's going to find out and he's going to kill me. He's going to find out and he's going to kill me. So I actually rebooked my ticket for the Tuesday and flew home on the Tuesday. But even then, when I was in the, in the plane, I had to scan the plane to see if he was in there. And when that flight took off, it was, that was it. I knew I had my own life back. And then, you know, once you're out, once you're out, all you, like even the organizations, they open that door for you. You know, they open that front door for you, but they can't close it. You have to find the strength to close that door behind you and walk away. And, and when you close fun, that door... Your fundraising yeah. for, for Women's Aid, it was yeah. obviously a similar organisation to yeah. Women's Aid in England that helped yeah. you, did they? Did yeah. They, yeah. They, they were fantastic over in England, Patricia. Um, and I rang the Women's Aid uh, office in Cork City and I just quizzed him, you know, what, what do people do, you know, to, to raise awareness and, and fundraise? And they put me onto the GoFundMe page and, yeah, I started that, and it's been fantastic. I, I mean, the response and the encouragement and that the, everyone's given me well wishes. And I think a lot of people were shocked when I told them. But um, I'm, I, my target is five grand. I, I said, am I aiming too high? But I thought, do you know what? No, I'll try my best to raise five grand. And I'm at 2,100 already, and that's well only a few weeks in. And ha- look, um, look how many women that that will yeah. ultimately yeah. Uh, help. And exactly. I'm always very conscious, Kate, when, when I speak with somebody like yourself, and I always think yeah. you're, you're, you're so brave to, to share the story. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic because I can be talking with the experts and Women's Aid will back me up yeah. on, on this, but yeah. it's to hear it out of the mouth. There's somebody listening to us this yeah. minute who's going, who's living in Kate's yeah. shoes, who's living yeah. where you were uh, yeah. 25 years ago. And it's it's to it's to know that you you could there's help there. Yeah. It's to pick up the phone. It's yeah. to make that initial call. And it's not. We're not saying you'll make the call today and you leave today. Yeah. You won't. Yeah. yeah. Because it does take time. It does. You you have to get, have something inside you. Just build up your courage bit by bit. Make that call. They will guide you in the right direction. And you know, and and they will keep in contact with you. I mean, it. it there's frightening statistics. I mean, since the pandemic hit, uh, Patricia, there's a rise of 43% of uh, abusive women calling, calling women's aid. 43%. One in three women are suffering as we speak. You know, and, and that's frightening. I mean, no woman or even, and I'll say this in, uh, as well, it's not only a woman that's being abused. And, and, and it's, men, yeah. it's, it's a man as well. There's men out there that are in the same position. And, you know, I think it's a lot harder for a man to admit that there's something wrong in the relationship because they're supposed to be the man of the relationship. But they're, they're having, you know, they're being abused as well. And, I, you know, I, don't, I won't, don't want to take away from their side either. But my story is women. You know, women need to stand up. You deserve a better life. You deserve to be happy. And once you make that call and, you, and once you open that door, find the courage to walk out You'll be happy. It mightn't take six months. It might take 12 months. Even might even take two years. But you will find your happy place and you'll find yourself 
um, starting to come alive again. And, and, and like so many other women, Kate, mm-hmm. it was because of your daughter, wasn't yeah. it really? That if, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that, that 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 just clinched it for me. Um, I knew I had to protect my daughter and I didn't want her to, to see any of this abusiveness going on in the relationship because I didn't want her to think that that was okay. It's not okay. And, I mean, she she's 25 years old now and she is my best friend. We're mm. so close. And, you know, she's she's loving life and we're, we're all happy. We're in a beautiful and, and happy you've, family. you've gone on to have a new relationship yeah. it's fantastic yeah. fantastic yeah. Yeah. and yeah. your first husband when you yeah. when you left England have you have you seen him since at the start I had to because of the courts you know I had to fly over for uh, visitation rights and things like that but eventually he lost interest you know and he'd fade he, he faded away basically once once I got the legal I, I like what happened was Patricia I came back and I started kind of legal proceedings but it broke my heart because when I moved over to Ireland um I was told it would take four years before I could even file for a divorce and that broke my heart I said I am not waiting four years to to break free and I had to make then the hard decision to move back to England to get my divorce. Uh, I think I was divorced in nine months, but it broke my mom's heart and my dad's heart for me to move back there. But that's when I went into a woman's refuge. I, I, call, I walked in that door and they had me housed within three hours. And uh, nine months down the line then, I was divorced, I was free to come back to Ireland for good and I haven't looked back since. Well done. You know, uh, well so it, it, I I think women and men, women and men, but mainly women, Patricia, they need to find the strength to walk out that door. I, and I, I I just can't stress that enough. And I could go on for hours talking about my history, but I you know obviously I can't. But this Malin's Mizzen trip is my way of finding closure, and it's my way of saying I can do anything I want. You know, and. It's because I have found the strength to do it. And the, my family, my friends, my cycling club, they've been a tower of strength to me for the last 25 odd years, and my husband and my daughter. And I haven't looked back since. And I just want women to know, you know, there is life. You, you can get your life back. And your GoFundMe page, how can people support you? Yeah, just click onto my GoFundMe page. It's under Kate Noonan. Um, and and my Facebook page is open as well to anybody that wants to check out my progress. Um, my dad has taken it on himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he he loves doing these things. He's kind of what I call my campaign manager. So he's okay. posting stuff every, up every week. And um, but yeah, it's it's over five days. I five I have four weeks left. Uh, we start on the twenty fourth of August uh, over the five days, and I'll be kind of reporting every single day of how far I've got. Now I'll be crying and laughing and, and <laughs> shouting, but uh, I'll get it done. <laughs> You're brilliant. It's a, it's a, it's a brilliant, brilliant un, un, yeah. undertaking, and and well done to your dad. Because I, for your parents, very hard to watch. Yeah, 
are for a mum and dad to think that their daughter went through that. It's, it's really, yeah. really difficult. Uh, you're a mighty woman and I can see some fantastic uh, texts coming in. Uh, somebody said, uh, fair play uh, oh. to, uh, uh, to Kate. Can I more luck to her? Best yeah. of luck to her in the future. She is one powerful lady. Good on yeah, her. Somebody else said, she is so brave. I've been there, done that and I've got yeah. the scars to prove it. Yeah. Fair, yeah. fair play to you, uh, Kate. Yeah. I just want else. to reach out to one person, Patricia, and if I do that, I'm I'm happy. You okay. know? Yeah, and someone else says, I'm crying here listening to yeah. Kate. I'm on my own journey. She's so inspiring. Yeah. 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 There's just so many people on that journey, unfortunately. Yeah, Kate, you are fantastic. We'll keep in contact with you, particularly on your, your Malintimism. Yeah, it's absolutely. on the, what's the dates again you're going? It's the end the of August. Twi- 24th of August for five days. Okay. We, uh, we reach Malin on the 29th, 28th, I think. Okay, well, yeah, we'll, we'll so. touch base and maybe try and maybe try and hook up with you every day to see yeah. how the cycle is going would be great. Absolutely. Okay, Absolutely. okay. You look after yourself, okay? Oh, and thank you, Patricia. And thanks thank a million you. for uh, contacting us. That's Kate sharing her own story of uh, d- living through domestic abuse. But she is a survivor. She's out the other side. Women's Aid, who Kate is fundraising for, can be contacted at 1-800-341-900. That's 1-800-341-900. And, of course, we've got some wonderful local support groups. Uh, Yana in North Cork, you are not alone, 022 9-1-5-5-3-9-1-5. and the West Cork Women's uh, Project they have a free phone helpline 1-800-203-136 one 1-800-203-136-1-800-203-136-1-800-203-136-1-800-203-136-1-800-203-136-1-800-203-136-1-800-203-136-1-800-203-136-1-800-203-136-1-800-203-136-1-800-203-136-1-800-203-136-1-800-
Uh, yeah, in terms of the taste, uh, they're, they're, they're light. It's a very light taste. It's kind of almost like a, a kind of cookie wafery kind of taste, yeah. you know. Um, but uh, yeah, fantastic idea. I have to say, it's very, very good. You know, they come in two sizes as well, and they're great for, for for cold items as well. Like so, kids can have them for desserts and everything. So there's completely no waste. Oh, you and, could and, you and, could and put you could put an ice cream into it. Oh, you can put an ice cream into it yeah. as well. Yeah, and then and then yeah. e- and then eat it afterwards. Uh, yeah. Did I see vegan? And you've got gluten free yeah. options. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they're not gluten free. Oh, That's the only thing. But they, okay. but they are vegan. They, they are, are vegan. vegan. Yeah, they're <laughs> vegan. Yeah, they're kind of made with like some um, some oat bran and flour. <clears throat> so they're all made. They're made kind of completely natural grains. And obviously, then you know. Uh, the fact that they're vegan is great as well, but they're not gluten-free. The ones at the moment are not gluten-free, but I believe they are working on a gluten-free, a gluten-free one. option. And, and yeah. the reaction from customers, Geraldine? Well, great. Very, very well received. You know, I mean, we're, we're only back open a number of weeks now, but uh, having said that, like, uh, they're going from strength to strength. You know, we sell them for a euro extra for your coffee, so you can have your regular Americano and then for a euro extra for the edible cup. Um, and then you see, like... You know, you're to pop into a cafe and you, you want your coffee and you might want a little something, a little snack, like a little protein yeah. ball or whatever, a scone or a croissant or something, whatever it is. And this gives you the sweet treat as well with your coffee. So you kind of have it all in one, yeah. you know. Uh, now, that they don't taste overly sweet, I have to say. But having said that, they're very satisfying. You know, when you have it with your coffee, the, the combination of the flavours together really work very, very well. It's very satisfying to feel you that you've had your, your little treat with your coffee, you know. And can can you nibble the cup as you're drinking? Do you know, as you, you as can. you can. Yeah, oh yeah. You, you know, can, halfway you can, down, I can eat the top half yeah, of the cup. <laughs> absolutely, yeah, absolutely. That's exactly it. Now, they don't come with a lid, so okay. uh, there's no issues with lids or anything like that. So you literally just, as you said, you're, you're nibbling as you, go, as you, as you sip away. Um, and then they have a little protective sleeve uh, kind of around the bottom, you know, so in terms of like, you know, for the barista serving over the coffee. Uh, so there is a, like um, an area, like, a, again, it's all recyclable as well, where you can... Um, just hold the coffee and when you put it down in the surface, like, so there's no, it's very, it makes very easy handling and there's no direct contact or anything like that. So the cup is totally isolated from any surface. I just you know? think for, so the, for the environment, this is yeah, it's a no-brainer. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. Sweet. Absolutely. You know, and even if someone, as you said earlier in your intro there, if someone like chucking out cups of coffee, if someone does, they don't want it to chuck it out, but then it's uh, totally like eco-friendly and Look, the birds are eating, you know. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Come here, today is day one of indoor dining. Are you do, are you are you yeah. doing indoor dining? No, we no. haven't. No, we haven't. We've decided just just to stick with the takeaway at the moment. Um uh, so because it's just for a couple of reasons, um it's uh, just logistically very difficult for us in terms of staffing just to get the door open today because it's a bit of a late call, you know, so we weren't sure what's going to go happen, what's not going to happen, you know, what were the restrictions around it or whatever. And um, so, like, staffing will be an, an issue there. And, um, yeah, and then just obviously, you know, trying to police the whole thing, but, you know... Listen, we're hearing it from so many, yeah, so many of our cork restaurants and cafes are, are yeah. saying the are saying the very same thing. But the exactly. but the had had you stayed open for the takeaway all along? Were you? Well, we 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 closed for a period and then we opened just for weekends. We were just doing weekend takeaway, mm. uh, and then we were just open like the three evenings a week. Do you know what I mean? The Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and um, because we we. we would have restaurant food, you know, at the weekend, you know, nighttime food, I should say, and like daytime cafe. Uh, yeah, so we just did that uh, for a period, and uh, then obviously, then when um, they when the level five was left, left it, we just got into then uh, the, the outdoor dining, and we were very lucky here because the uh, the Mead County Council and Navin Chamber uh, put in parklets around the town. Great, so yeah, yeah. We're and very, they're, very they're, small. They're so proving, they're proving yeah. re- really popular. So it's it's going yeah. well for you then. 
It's going great, yeah. We're probably in a situation now that we've more seats outdoors than we have indoors. You know, that's sort of way. And we've been blessed with the weather, of yeah, course. You know what have. I mean? I mean, that has... And, they, and it's been all been very, very well received. You know, people have changed the whole approach to dining outside and all of that, you know. So, yeah, no, it's been, it's been very good. Well, now since I tell you, any, anybody heading to Navin find Room oh. 8 Cafe and Restaurant. Where, where are you in Navin? We're in uh, number eight, Watergate Street. Watergate Navin. Street. Yeah. We'll yeah. keep a lookout yeah. for you the next yeah. time we're in Avon and so we'll much. be in for our edible cup of coffee. We'd Do you mind yourself, Geraldine? Take care. Sir. God bless. You bye too. bye. What a lovely lady. That is Geraldine Nielsen, manager, Room 8 Cafe and Restaurant in Navin and their edible coffee cup. You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. A couple of people have queries in on. Let me go to these uh, first. This is to do with the COVID, your digital COVID certificate. Somebody says, Patricia, if you've got a a picture taken of your COVID digital certificate on your phone, will that scan in the machine? As long as the QR code, your little square thing is on it, because that's what needs to be scanned. I imagine it will, a photograph will work. But what I would suggest you do is use it as a test bring the actual certificate with you the first time you're going in somewhere show them the photograph you've taken of it on your phone and see does that uh, scan and of course if you've downloaded the COVID tracker app then you can put it onto the app that's probably the easiest way of doing it and then somebody else uh, Marie says Patricia I got my digital COVID certificate but for the life of me I can't find it in any of my email folders I didn't save it I thought it would automatically stay in my email I rang the helpline but I got that jazz music and I'm not willing to hang on for a long day. I'd appreciate any advice that you can give me please, says Marie. Okay, tell you what you do, Marie. I'm, I, I'm, I've got Gmail and, I do, I do, and I'm assuming it's the same for all mail, for all email accounts. If you go up to you know, the search engine at the top of your page, of your email account and if you, I simply just typed in COVID and when I did, every single COVID email that I have received is in it, it comes up so I was able to find for example the where I got the, the date of my um, when I registered and the date of my two vaccines and then lo and behold the EU digital COVID search is in there as well so either just type COVID into the search or type in EU digital COVID into the search bar at the top of your email account and you should be able to find it because it is it's there somewhere it's in one of the folders uh, somewhere and even if you deleted it because they stay certainly on Gmail they stay in your deleted folder uh, for quite some time and I'm sure you didn't delete it but even if you did it should be there so just type it in type into the search engine on your email email account EU digital COVID certificate and it should pop up for uh, you. Now we're going to open up the texts now for our smart speaker giveaway. Yes we have another week we're going to take this right up to the bank holiday weekend but this is our final week we're giving away the C103 smart uh, speakers. Your chance to win now. 10 minutes we'll keep the text message service open or the WhatsApp so you text your name and address to 0862 103 103 we'll let John Paul then select one of our winners who will join me on air the winner will be asked of course to repeat the winning phrase which is the very same as it's been for the last two weeks play C103 and by saying that you'll have win, you'll have won for yourself a C103 smart speaker with Dundee for all of Ireland's trusted car dealerships so get texting now please 
to 0862103103. You can text our WhatsApp. Let me go back to some of your texts and WhatsApps and calls coming into the programme. Now, here's one, and I've just spoken to John Paul, and we're going to see if we can try and do something tomorrow, if we can try and get some update on this. This is to do with people trying to access a driving test and to get a full licence and says hi Patricia I'm asking for your help please could you or John Paul or your team get on to the Road Safety Authority the ministers involved anyone at this stage and ask them is there any reason why learner drivers who are fully vaccinated should not complete their EDT that's the essential driving lessons they have to do pre-test and refresher lessons with an instructor who's also fully vaccinated so you're talking about two fully fully vaccinated people sitting in a car together both would continue to hand sanitise and the car would be cleaned both would continue to wear face masks it's soul destroying for driving instructors and their students who have continued to abide by all of the rules and the restrictions there are students out there who are mothers of children with disabilities waiting to complete their EDT courses and there's 12 lessons isn't it they have to take there are others who are not essential workers but who need a driving licence in order to go out to work there's been no update on the RSA website COVID update page since the beginning of May of this year there are also many students who have completed EDT lessons who are not being offered an appointment despite being essential workers and completing the urgent test request application. There are students being told to apply for a test by the RSA but they can't get lessons to prepare for the test because they're not deemed essential workers. The whole system seems to be in disarray. At the moment they have taken on new driving testers but the test centres are still closed by five and they're not open on the weekends. Please, could you ask some questions of the RSA and the ministers thanking uh, you? And that signed the wife of a very hardworking but frustrated driving instructor. OK, so leave that with us and we'll see if we could can, can do something on that tomorrow because I'm, I'm while I can see where you're coming from as the wife of a frustrated driving instructor, I'm also very conscious and aware of a lot of our listeners who are waiting to do the test or perhaps have a son or daughter desperately trying to get the test and you, when you think of even young people say who've completed their leaving cert and maybe going on to college and they're going to commute and they have access to a car and they want to be able to, to commute who need to have their full driving licence so that they can drive on their own and not to have to have a fully licensed driver uh, sitting with them so very frustrating so let's and particularly now with where are we at now is it 70% where nearly 70% of the population are fully vaccinated and so many young people now are going forward to get getting vaccinated as well actually talking of that on Saturday my young niece who is 21 had an appointment to go to get her first jab and my god the excitement she just could not wait she can't wait to be fully vaccinated so I took her to her appointment she got an appointment at the Mallow GA complex the vaccination centre there so I sat in the car waiting waiting for her and you know and it was a beautiful day and the sun was shining and I got out and I walked around the GAA actually it was great to see the children out training and, and whatever just such a joyful day up there but what really struck me was the numbers of young people it seemed to have been a day for the young people at the vaccination centre in Mallow the number of young people walking with purpose going in to get their vaccine it just filled my heart with joy to see it because unfortunately other countries are 
and our nearest neighbour in, in England are one of those that I speak of, are hitting a stumbling block with their vaccination in trying to get young people to take up vaccines. And unfortunately, it's young people now are the ones who are catching COVID-19. And while in the main, they may not become very unwell with it, nobody knows what long COVID can do. And even even some of the young people getting COVID, they don't know are they going to be the unlucky ones who do with no underlying health condition would suddenly become very unwell. And I was looking at figures just out of Sydney in Australia. The amount of young people in hospital in Sydney in Australia being treated for COVID and the amount of young people that are on ventilators in seriously unwell in ICU it really is scary because of this Delta variant so to get the message across to young people how important it is to get vaccinated and that's why it looks like our Irish young folk have gotten the message about how, how important vaccination uh, is so as I say it was a great joy to be at the vaccination centre just watching all the young people as I say going in with such a purpose delighted to be getting their vaccines it it was uh, terrific and we're doing so so well on the vaccine uh, rollout but but that is a stumbling block with people trying to get their driving license in order to be able to drive unaccompanied. So we'll see if we can sort something out or get somebody on. Maybe Sean Sherlock. I know Sean Sherlock has been it's been one of his real bugbears from the start of the pandemic. He's been fighting to try to get people back doing lessons. There was the problem, there's still the ongoing problem with people not being able to get the theory test. But I know it's been something he's, we'll see if we can get any kind of an update from him because I know he's constantly in contact with the RSA. So hang in there. And as I say, we may have uh, be able to do something about that on the programme tomorrow. Public toilets that we spoke about earlier. Nuda says, I travelled around West Cork in a motorhome at the weekend. Went to Castletown Bear. Beautiful toilets in Castletown Bear. Everyone in Castletown Bear take, take a bow. And most other towns that we came across no problem accessing toilets and they were open and they were clean. But Nuda says in the town of Clonakilty they couldn't find a public toilet. Is there no, and she wonders, is there no public toilet in Clonakilty? Anybody tell us in Clan, where are your public toilets? And for a town like that, there will have a lot of tourists at the moment and will hopefully continue to have a lot of tourists as we go through the end of July and into August. And Eleanor and Carrigaline listened to John Nagel, who was talking about these new toilets that he's put into Clifton and County Galway and he hopes to replicate them around the country. But at the moment, because it's just the one-off toilets, fully staffed, spotlessly clean that he has, it'll cost you three Euro fifty taxes. Now, if there's a family group going in, you pay the one three fifty. But if it's one person on your own, you're still going to have to pay three fifty as well. Eleanor says, "I would willingly pay three fifty to go into a toilet, knowing that it's going to be spotlessly clean." I've been in retail parks where there's no toilet facilities, so people would be willing to pay if they were available. So she thinks that John has uh, hit on a good, good idea. I mean, he's an entrepreneur and she thinks it's a great success. It, it should be a great success. Let's see as he starts to roll out more of these you-lose, as he's calling them, around the country. And Michael in Bantier was on. Can anybody help Michael in Bantier? He is looking for 
what he says old type your standard radio and CD player now it's for a person who is visually impaired and this person likes to listen to CDs and likes to listen to audio books on CD and obviously the radio CD player that this person had for whatever reason is broken and um, not in a position to get another one and God Michael if you'd only come if I'd only seen this suggestion about a couple of months ago I got rid of a, one that was perfect uh, anyway and, and I'm, I'm, when I saw that call come in I'm trying to think I'd have to have a good look around at home do I have another another and I know exactly what you're talking about, the radio and the CDs, because I, I can't even tell you the last time I played a CD because it's all on streaming now that, you know, I still have CDs, but I never, ever use them. I don't even know if I have. I have a CD player, but it's in the, the sort of the unit in the kitchen. But when I last used it, I have no idea. So does anybody have a spare one? that they're no longer using. You might have boxed it off somewhere, put it away somewhere or maybe it's in a room collecting dust and you know you're never going to use the radio and the CD uh, player again. If so, we have Michael and Bantier's contact details but it's for somebody who's visually impaired and is really missing out on listening to their music and listening to their audio books. So if someone could help, it'll be your certainly your good deed for the month if not for the year if you can help us with that one give John Paul a call 1850 Margaret in Mallow was listening to our piece on the dumping of little kittens and then we, and we talk about how important it is for people to neuter cats but Margaret makes the point that she had her cat neutered recently and it cost her 85 euro and she feels that that's just so expensive is there any way that vets could do it uh, cheaper have kind of like a national spay week maybe do it once or twice a year yeah, because at one stage remember the vets used to give out kind of vouchers whereby you could have your cat I don't know if it was for dogs no it was definitely for cats you could have your cat spayed at a reduced cost and I know it was for people say on social welfare or maybe pensioners but we ha- they haven't had a scheme like that in quite some time because it's a charity that does it so obviously those, any of those animal rescues or any of those animal charities struggle it's the same as all charities to raise money so I suppose they just haven't had the money to pay the vets uh, to to do it but the Neuter Trap and Release Programme there's a lot of charities doing that as well but yeah Margaret that could be putting off people actually getting cats neutered because of the cost of it for sure 1850 333 John Paul taking your calls and the texts are continue to fly in for our competition. Let me just go down to some texts that came in earlier on dining indoors which is now open from today a listener says why would I want to eat inside when there's going to be unvaccinated kids running around it's outside dining for me I wonder how many others are feeling the very same way that even though indoor hospitality is up and running now that unvaccinated children are allowed in this listener isn't happy with that so will not go indoors and then a Cork City listener and this is the sweetest text that the end of the text says my granddaughter is writing and sending this text in for me so it is one of our older listeners not able to text herself I'm 88 years old and my only enjoyment was to spend three hours at a casino I never see any person under the age of 50 there yet they can't open it's my one joy in life was taken away from me and it's gone now with nearly two years. I'm sure my time on this side of the earth is a lot shorter than the people going into pubs today. Us older people have been forgotten about. We were told to cocoon 
and then we've been left there. Come on, the powers that be. Casinos are safe. Let us old people live life. My granddaughter is writing this for me. That's a Cork City listener. Yeah, a lot of older people feel they have been left behind. I mean, casinos is one. Bingo is another one. We've, I, we regularly would hear from people to say that bingo was their only sort of social outlet. Another one that's been completely forgotten, forgotten about is the social dancing. There was a time where I think a week didn't go by where we didn't have people involved with social dancing saying, why can't we get back social dancing? And, you know, with 70% of the population vaccinated, one wonders... Are they all going to be the next that they're going to start reopening? I think the opening of indoor dining, I think, is going to tell a lot. I mean, we've got them tomorrow already looking at day one to see how day one goes. I think if we get through August, I think after August, I think we are going to start seeing a lot of other things that haven't reopened. But I think the worry and the concern is this Delta strain. And as more people get vaccinated and we get rid of this Delta strain, I think then we're going to see more reopen. But I think while we still have this Delta strain and the numbers over a thousand every day and almost rising every day, I think while those numbers are still there, we're going to have a wait, unfortunately. But my heart goes out to you. I can sense how you feel you've been left behind. 1850 333 103. The C103 Cork Diary. With the new Explore Cork app, a Cork County Council initiative, the perfect way to plan your staycation in Cork. Bowie National School are holding their monthly raffle draw. It's on this Thursday, 29th of July, via Facebook Live. This month's first prize is €5,000 with the second prize of a three-night stay with two evening meals at the Hotel Europe in Killarney. And remember the big draw, which is for the four-bedroomed house in Killarney that takes place on New Year's Eve. Tickets are still available from Boherbui National School. And Kildallery Community Development have got their weekly lottery draw. That's happening on also next Thursday, 4 o'clock in the local community office. And Shine Your Light Suicide and Mental Health Awareness are presenting Make Some Noise Cork on this Friday, the 30th of July. Streamed live from the Firkin Crane from 7pm to 8.15pm by Unity Media. Links are available on the Shine Light Facebook page. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie For C103 photos, videos and more, follow us on Instagram and get a good look at what's going on across Cork. Search Instagram for at C103Cork. Cork today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 86 Okay, and before we give our smart speaker away, I want to go to the phone lines because Jean joins me in Mallow. Good afternoon to you, Jean. Good morning, Patricia. And you have, you just want to give a shout out to some people who helped you out last Friday evening. Tell that's us, right, tell us what happened. That's right, Patricia. I was going down the end of Bridge Street and the car conked just after went in my car. Oh. And <laughs> at traffic, now you can imagine Bridge Street on Friday. Anyway, this gentleman came on in the car and he had three children in the back of the car and he got out to give me a hand and there was a foreign national guy at the other side. But the, the Garda came on then and <laughs> in the Garda car and he had me as well to push the car into the small car park in Bridge Street. Great. I thank God now, you were close I, to that. 
I was close to think this yeah. God, but the guard didn't ask me had I am um, where what was I doing in town? So I'm actually home health in town, believe it or not. Yeah. And I was going to a client up in Druma, uh, in Valdehine, and he gave me a lift up to my client, which I thought was nice. In the squad car? Yes. Gene, <laughs> <laughs> yes. you'd be disgraced if somebody saw you get out of the car. Oh, isn't that really kind? Well, it's lovely. I thought it was fair and nice. Of them. You know, I'd say they were looking at me getting out of them. <laughs> There you go. I got Jean, the home health, getting a Garda escort. Well done. Yeah, and I'd like to thank them, and they were very good. Okay, Thanks and we d- we don't know the man with the three kids' names, or the other man. No, who have, no, 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 because no. he just told me stay behind the car because the children were in the back seat. But you know, it was, he stopped. In fairness, to him now put on his hazard lights and everything. Well done. And there was no. no and and did people realise you didn't get a load of horns being blown or anything? No, no. no. The guard, the guard came on fast, and she started a problem when well, they moved the horns. Right. And did you get did you get the car sorted? Oh, I got it. Great, Well, well done, well done. Well, well so, done to everybody that helped yeah. out there. People's kindness okay. are great. Oh, great! All Thanks for being here. All right, Jean. Bye, bye. God bless. Uh, Eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three. Time to give away a C one zero three smart speaker. You can stop texting us before the text message service absolutely blows up. I'm going to Donnerail, where Helen Bradley joins me. Good afternoon, Helen. Hi, Bertrand, how are you? I'm very well. How are you today? I'm very good. No sun shining in Donnerail today? No, unfortunately not. No. But we got cover. No, we can't complain. Well, I was out in Donnerail on Saturday afternoon and I tell you, the, the, the town was busy and it was just glorious. <laughs> really glorious. Lovely place to be when the sun is shining. Okay, you want to win for yourself a smart speaker? That's correct, Patricia. What is the winning phrase? Please, you want to It is indeed. There's a smart speaker on its way to you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. All right. Congratulations to you, Helen. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye bye. That is uh, Helen Bradley in Tonneris. I'm very happy that she has won for herself a smart speaker with done deal for all of Ireland's trusted car dealerships. More of these smart speakers to give away right across the day parts today, right across this week. And I can tell you that this is the final week that we are giving away these smart uh, speakers. So many people trying to get, get trying to get involved. 1850 Nick and another smart speaker for you in the next um, after one. Now, this is by email. Hi, Patricia, just an update on the HSC helpline. Oh, this is for the digital COVID certificate, just to give you an update. I'm currently waiting one hour and 15 minutes listening to jazz music and a lovely American voice telling me your call is important to me. Just inquiring about when my husband will get his cert. His second jab was received on the 19th of uh, May. Okay, all right. Um, Let us know how you get on, Valerie, uh, with that and how long you end up waiting. With a reminder to people, because we gave this out on Friday and we got inundated with people saying thank you for that piece of information. And it's to do with people who are to receive their COVID digital certificate by email. The amount of people who didn't check their spam folders are their social folders. Some others said that that's what it, it depends on how you get your emails. So make sure that you check all of your folders or even as I've done with that other listener who can't, has misplaced her, she can't find it in her email folders. If you just type into on the search engine 
of your emails. If you just type in EU Digital Cert, you'd be surprised the number of people that we called that out on Friday who came back straight away and said, including one person who'd spent four hours on the helpline and only realised that their digital COVID certificate, they'd had it nearly over a week at that stage, but had gone into their spam folder, but they just hadn't seen it. So do please check on your emails to make sure that it isn't in another folder. 1850 John Paul taking your calls. You can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 and we'll turn our attention to Annalise Dressel, our nutritional therapist. Court today. On- Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie. This is the Court Today replay on C103. Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850 333 103. Okay, Annalise Drussell of the Health Hub Times Square in Balancholic are joining me on this Monday afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Annalise. Um, I haven't pressed her button it would be most helpful Good afternoon Annalise Good afternoon My apologies I hadn't pressed the button Okay Mm. it's all a bit mad here at the moment Okay uh, the the heat wave has left us Um, Are you did you enjoy the heat? You know what I'm not too good with very high temperatures Patricia so I like it in 20 is plenty I say but it was just lovely to be able to get out to the beach and see people out and enjoying themselves and you know, so I enjoy that side of it. Yeah, but a lot of people went around getting very burnt as well. You've got to be so careful. Absolutely, so careful. Um, and especially because, like, it's, you know, it's if you expose your son to the skin in a safe manner, it's good for vitamin D and other reasons, but it's when you burn it, that that's what massively increases your risk of skin cancer down the road. So it's be important, careful. like, you know, if you still like to tan, do it in a controlled way. Just make sure you don't burn. Uh, now, this kind of ties in with it's it's the time of the year, I suppose, more than that, but probably the hot weather as well. And Yvonne has actually WhatsApped me on some photographs. It's it's her son. And uh, it says, Hi, Patricia, I wonder if you could please ask Annalise, is there anything my son Paul could take to prevent being bitten every time he goes out? And she sent on a photograph of the bite marks on his leg and they just look so red and so angry. He got them when he was cycling to the lock last week. They're extremely 
extremely itchy, extremely sore. The next day, he got a horrible one in his inner arm while out of the driving range. We ended up having to go to the doctor who told him he's reacting to the bites and prescribed him Telfast. The antihistamine helped with the itch. But I'm wondering, is there something that my son could take to prevent getting bitten so badly thanking you in advance and as I say the photograph of the lad's leg is just awful yeah some people are very allergic Patricia and it gets very itchy and then they scratch and then it gets infected so um, and I think the official term for it is an attractor so I don't know what it is there is a theory that it's something to do with your blood type but I'm not sure if that's scientifically proven or not Um, so yeah prevention is really the key here so there's two things that can work. One of them is to take a high dose of thiamine. Um, you need to start taking it before the season and it has to build up in the blood to a level where, I don't know, does it give a particular smell to the skin that um, deters insects from biting. The other thing that people find very useful as well is garlic. So you can take garlic naturally, you can eat it, you can rub it on your skin if you can bear to smell of it. Uh, but you can take it and it, the smell of it does come through the skin and that's another good one. Um, and if somebody doesn't want to eat the garlic, you can get garlic capsules. But look, in this case, there's no point getting the odorless garlic. You need the one with the odour because it's the that's the chemical that comes through the skin that um, the insects don't like. So then when you do get bitten, there are a couple... Oh, sorry, there's another prevention that you can use as well, which is citronella. It's an, uh, an essential oil from the citronella plant. And again, for some reason, they... Um, Mosquitoes particularly don't like the smell of it. And I think I looking thinking about him going on the way to the lake, Patricia, I'd say with horse flies. They are lethal, the horse flies. They give the most itchy, worst bites and they're all over the place at the moment. So you could put citronella into a carrier oil, like even if you just have olive oil at home or coconut oil, anything, it doesn't matter or if you want to buy almond oil. Um, or you could put it into your sun cream, actually, this time of the year would be another good way of it. And just rub it all over the body and that's... a a further deterrent. Then if you get bitten, the key really is not to scratch. So you need to put something on it that will take easier the itch said out. Than, yeah, easier Absolutely. said than done. Yeah. Absolutely. But, you know, this is a tip I got from a South African very many years ago and it was just to put a bit of spit on it and try not to scratch it for a few minutes and it actually does work very, very well. Um, you can also get a cream in the pharmacy called Antistan, A-N-T-I-H. T-A-N, I think it's spelt, or Antisan, possibly it's called. And that's got a little bit of a natural antihistamine in it and a bit of an antibacterial. So that's a good one to put on. You can also get something called Zappies. It's, um, I have them here in the shop. It's kind of like, uh, it's by a company called Incognito. And it's good for any bites or stings that you get, or nettle stings even. even. And you just basically zap this thing with it and it takes the itch out and I've used it and again it does work because I also get bitten a lot so I've tried everything um, so that's a, it's called Zappies Z-A-P-E-A-S-E and then finally I suppose the old calamine notion is again a nice one to just kind of soothe and aloe vera out of the fridge is a lovely one for cooling and soothing hot bitten legs and hopefully with the heat wave gone there mightn't be as many of them around I don't know so they seem to be I more in the fine weather no? Possibly, Patricia, I suppose. And I think, like with the horse flies as well, I'm not sure. I, I always feel they're around cattle an awful lot, you know. So um, there's a load of them down by us now in West Cork at the moment and there's cattle in the field next to us. So I don't know if there's anything to do with that. Probably farmers would have a better idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but definitely, I mean, this time of the year, it's it, it's always the way anyway. There's always lots of midges. If you live in mountainous areas, you're dealing with the black fly midges. 
and you know one of the best things to do there is actually to grow plants around your garden um, that are deterrents so you've got the strong smelling plants you can grow citronella you can grow lavender you can grow bushes that emit a scent that deter the, them from the garden and that's one of the best ways to do and it down but, there. But it's true what you said at the, at the outset, why some people get bitten and others don't. I know, for example, whenever we go abroad if and we've been in hotel rooms where we, myself, my husband and, and Marsha, especially his daughter, guaranteed the two of them will be eaten alive if there's any midges or yeah. any mosquitoes around. They never touch me. I've and never I, been bitten. I always say I'm the best instinct parent ever because they bite me and not anyone else and then they say the theory that it's very people with very fair skin I don't have very fair skin yeah, I, I don't know get it's bizarre it really yeah. is bizarre ok Lucy's in West Cork says morning Patricia question for Annalise please could you recommend anything to help support my body I'm recovering from about two months ago pneumonia so I was on IV antibiotics three lots of oral antibiotics I was even put on steroids I feel like my body has been a bit I've, my body has taken a bit of a hit. I'm taking probiotics but is there anything else I can do to aid recovery? I'm a long term cancer patient but I'm not currently on any treatment thanking you. That's from Lucy. Had a bit of a a rough time. So like an illness like that does actually take a lot out of the body Patricia and rest is a huge component of it but I think the source of life gold as a tonic is a great one and I would take it for a couple of months. Um, It's got a huge amount of of, um, nutrients in there including your all your vitamins and minerals, but lots of other superfood nutrients. And it also has mushroom extract, which is a great immune supporter. So that, and the ginseng in that actually will give you an immediate energy boost. So definitely try that as a tonic. And then I think the immune system is very important to, to boost that as well. So there's a number of ways that you can do it. But again, coming back to the mushrooms, you know, they're just, the Chinese have been using mushrooms in their medicine for over 2,000 years. They are so powerful. And especially after you've been through a huge um, uh, illness like that that has really depleted your body. So you're looking at hypericum, sorry, not hypericum, hericium is a wonderful mushroom. It's called lion's mane. And it's a really good strengthening mushroom. A lot of people actually would take that as well when they're doing a lot of sports. And one of the things with people who are training very hard is that their immune systems are suppressed. So it makes sense for that as well. So if you go into your health shop, you can get... Uh, mushroom extract in tablet form or powder form but with mushrooms always make sure they're organic because mushrooms are one of the best um, cleansers of toxins from the soil so you definitely don't want anything that hasn't been grown on organic and look for lion's mane or it's also called heresium and then the last thing I always get a great feedback on and I find it wonderful myself is the olive leaf extract which is a really potent natural antibacterial antiviral but it did more for me when I had that 100 day cough about 4 or 5 years ago I actually just got such an energy boost on it I got I've really felt as if I was really feeling vital and strong so that's the heresium or lion's mane mushroom the source of life gold tonic and then finally, the olive leaf extract okay. is the liquid. Good luck with that, uh, Lucy. Hi, uh, Patricia. Could Annalise give uh, the name of the toothbrush that she recommended last week for gum disease? Unfortunately, I don't have internet, so I couldn't check on her website. OK, well, I haven't been actually able to get these for a while, so I'm hoping they'll be back in stock soon. So the toothbrush is called Mouth. They're by a company called Mouth Watchers. But the key to them really is, that well, they have a lovely natural soft bristle and they're very gentle on the teeth. Always go for a soft toothbrush for your teeth so you don't damage gums. 
but the big thing is that the, the bristles have been impregnated, impregnated with colloidal silver. And colloidal silver is a really, really safe natural antibacterial. So it tends to help with the gum disease in that it can kill the bad bacteria that cause gum disease. But it's not like an antibiotic or anything really harsh that knocks out all the good bacteria. So it allows the good bacteria in your mouth to flourish. And it's just as important to have your good bacteria like the lactobacillus salivarius in your mouth as it is to get rid of bad bacteria. So the mouth watchers, but if you can't get mouth watchers, just buy colloidal silver and spray your toothbrush with it before you brush your teeth morning and evening. It'll, it'll do the same thing. And Kate wants to know, what would you recommend is the best orange juice to take in the morning? Is there a particular one people should be taking or are we better off squeezing uh, our own? Well, I suppose the freshly organic squeezed orange juice is the best, Patricia, but I'll be honest, on the whole, I'm not a fan of fruit juice because you're getting a massive hit of sugar from fruits. Now, fruit is fantastic to eat for vitamins and minerals, so it's not that I'm advocating no fruit, but they are quite high in sugar and even orange juice, which is acidic in taste, has a huge amount of sugar in it. So it would be like, you know, if you see something that says five oranges have gone into this glass of orange juice, it's highly unlikely you'd ever sat down and have, would have eaten five oranges because of the fiber and they'd fill you up. So you're getting the sugar hit without, you know, the fiber, the slow-release fiber. So if you do love orange juice or if you're drinking it for any other particular reason, just have a small glass and then it's not so bad then if you have to spend the money on an organic freshly squeezed. Okay, and Kate also wants to know about butter. Is there such a thing as the best butter to be eating? You see, I suppose, again, organic butter is always great, Patricia, because, um, again, you know, toxins tend to be stored in the fats. So if you've got any pesticides that have been sprayed on the feed for cattle, um, they will be stored in the fat and you will get it in the fat of butter more so than you would. You'll have a higher amount than milk. But I'm always saying about our cows here in Ireland, very few of the, fl- the, the fields are really sprayed. Um, I think we're fairly lucky. I love Kerrygold myself just for the taste of it, but there is lots of local butters that you'll find. There's a beautiful one down in West Cork, I think it's Glenillan, and it's just delicious. I've and nearly eat it off the Yeah, night. it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, lo- I love a good butter, I have to say myself. Okay, listen, have a, have a great week, and we won't chat next week. It's Bank Holiday Monday, so we'll speak to you in a fortnight's time. Thanks, Patricia. Thanks, and that's Annalise Drussell of the Health Hub Times Square in Balancolic. And all the information that we discussed today will go up on Annalise's website, which is healthhubstore.com. And it's under the section as heard on the radio. Kate says, hi, Patricia. In response to the lady who is waiting on her digital COVID certificate, I received my second jab on the 2nd of May and I received my digital COVID certificate by post today. I wasn't in a rush for it. So tell people, sit back and wait. My patience was rewarded. So they're still sending them out by post as well uh, for people who may only have been vaccinated back in uh, May. Thank you for that. Am I trying to squeeze in one more uh, on toilets? Patricia, I will never forget my experience in the height of the pandemic. I had to travel to Dublin for hospital treatment. There was absolutely no public toilets, no shops uh, to provide toilets. I ended up travelling back to Houston Station before getting to the hospital appointment before being able to use uh, a toilet. What if I was elderly or somebody with prostate uh, surgery? Uh, City and town councils need to do more. Got to leave it there. Talk to you tomorrow. Cork Today on C103 With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group Want great advice? You know who to talk to CMIG.ie 
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. 